Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Social Workers and Scriptures. We are so excited to be with you. Whether you're joining us from Google Chrome or Google Podcasts or iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or Stitcher, we're so glad to be with you. Today, our episode will be called Hope and Cope. So we want to help you hope and cope. Just before we get started, we want to remind you that we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook. Give us a like, follow us on there, and soon enough, we will be on YouTube. We're on there now. We'll be up and going very soon. So keep checking back on that. We just wanted to welcome you. And I'm Caddy Elias. And I'm Susan Camacho. And we're just so thankful that you're with us. And again, we will be talking about hope and cope. Today's podcast, what we'll be going over and the reasons why we'll be going over it is because we want to help people to have hope in a world that can feel hopeless. We want to help you prevent depression and hopelessness, lack of motivation. We want to remind you of reasons for living and prevent suicidal feelings and actions. We want to help improve your relationship with our creator. We want to help you increase your coping to help you make better decisions and also to protect relationships overall. Having hope helps in our relationship. And as always on this podcast, Social Workers and Scriptures, we always want to help address our vulnerable areas in our mental health to help address maybe some areas of our vulnerable areas in our spiritual walk. That's what we want to present to you. So maybe today, Susan, you can tell us a little bit of what we are not. So this is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat underlining conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Do not go off your meds without medical consultation. If you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to your nearest ER or dial 911. If you are in crisis, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And lastly, we are not expert theologians, but we believe the Bible is the ultimate authority and we are Christian. We are mental health therapists, so we will be presenting both aspects of ourselves. Let's get into the nitty gritty of our conversations. Let's do it. Because I am a definition person, like, so like, what is the difference between hope and optimism? Like Webster uh, style. (laughs) You surely Um, are. (laughs) Hope is a feeling or of an expectation and desire for something to happen. And optimism is a state of positivity or being positive, which is very different. Optimism also, um, because we are therapists, we believe in being optimistic and it could also extend on over into the biblical. Kat, what do you see the difference primarily between hope and optimism? Well, I think when it comes to hope, there's a worldly hope and there's a godly hope. So I think a worldly hope is kind of like a wishful thought, a desire. A godly hope is the supernatural belief that we have as believers that no matter what happens, no matter what occurs, God is sovereign, he is trustworthy, he has made us promises, and he has plans for the good of his people. So he tells us that in uh, Romans 8, 28, right? And that he has plans for good for us in Jeremiah 29, 11, even when, you know, things don't seem like they're going how we want them to, they might be negative. We have hope that God has plans for good, that he has purpose. Um, That's what I think godly hope is. Um, Optimism, I think, is a state of thinking, is a positive thinking, I guess, that one chooses to focus on positive, almost regardless of the circumstances or evidence, I guess. Um, And I think that can be worldly or godly, I guess. So a hopeful person, Susan, do you think they're just people that are just walking around with their head in the clouds? Just fantasy thinking? I do think think that, and I don't think that there, to be honest with you, um, I will say this quite often, is that I don't think that there's anything wrong with a certain amount of that, um, because all of our 
dreams and faith are in the clouds of like a heavenly a heavenly place and so in that also if you are going to bend reality like an optimist and a pessimist would you might as well bend reality towards your favor in terms of positive mental health outcomes because tons of research is always done about optimistic people and it fares better uh, mental health wise in terms of like um, your health in terms of well-being and obviously the pessimist is more prone to anxiety and depression so yes if if you are going to have your (laughs) head in the clouds like a care bear it might as well be towards bend towards your towards the positive and by the way, that's not a cuss word if I said pessy, right? Pessimistic people are pessy. No? I don't, just me? I don't know. <laughs> Making up words as we go. I think, you know, I, I agree that um, is it is a whole person just kind of walking with their head in the clouds? Well, yes, I agree. If it's heavenly clouds, you know, the, the angelic clouds, sure. But I really think that believers, we're not just people who just have no idea about reality at all. And we're just floating so much. We have no grounding. I think there's just a, a substance to what we believe that that our God is all able to do anything. And if he wills it, it can happen. So that's why we're hopeful, right? He promises it for good. So I think that there is, it's not just unfounded, there's substance to it. Why do you think it's important to have hope and optimism and not be pessy? Well, hope helps us stay alive. One of the symptoms of depression is hopelessness. And when people commit suicide, it's because they lose hope. Hope helps us um, with being resilient and bouncing back, and it helps us to see a better tomorrow. And for believers, it helps us to expect more um, and rest in times of distress, and it anchors us to the promises that Jesus gives us. Hebrews 6.18 says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within that veil. Psalms 119.114, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Um, I think it's... I think it's super important to have hope. The Bible says that when we defer hope, it makes our heart sick. That's right. That's Proverbs 13, 12. And so in that, you have to have hope that there will be a better tomorrow in order for you to have a better outcome. And Kat, tell me like what you see as different between having hope and optimism. Um, like it's important. A, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just have to say, you know, when you had, were speaking about suicide, and suicidal thoughts, you know, and just how being hopeful helps you to keep your life. I mean, that is so important. And my heart just kind of sunk, you know, um, not because I think there's, I guess, I guess, because I was just, I, my heart really feels for people when they just feel like there's no way out, there's no hope. And we are going to get to that in a little bit of, of what do we tell you when you know, you, you don't have hope to have hope. But my heart just sinks because um, hope is so important. And life is just so much better when you do have hope. You, so I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have hope. And I think that's, and we've mentioned before on here, I think that's one of the advantages that we have as believers is that we have hope even in the grimmest of circumstances. Um, we have joy even in situations that don't call for it. I just, my heart was just singing when you were mentioning um, somebody who might want to commit suicide. We just, we just want to remind you and, and, and give you... Um, I guess positive talk that, you know what, there is a better way and that there is a basis for this hope to, to talk about why is it important to have hope and optimism? I think that's exactly right. Hope feels better than hopelessness. Hopeful people usually live. That's, that's a humongous thing, you know? 
we're not just called to just live in a bubble and just by ourselves. There are other people that we impact, you know, so um, we live amongst other people. There are other people we impact. There are other people who are looking to us, even if we don't have particular family, even when we go to the store, people know us, things like that. We want to have hope because we want to be able to inspire them and we don't want to impact them negatively. And I think that's important. Um, I think that it's important to have hope because the Bible tells us to. He tells us in, in Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope. I mean, it's, it's very clear. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I think that hope points to salvation, to heaven. It reminds us that we have a God who is sovereign. I think that's the order of the way things are supposed to go. We are supposed to remember that we are not sovereign. There is a God that is sovereign, that has a plan for us, that is ultimately in control of everything, that nothing happens without his permission. But we believe that he has a higher way and a higher understanding, much more wise than us, obviously, that we have hope to know that because he has everything under his control, if he allowed it, it is for a purpose. And again, that he has that he works all things out for the, the greater good, for the good of those that are called according to his purpose, um, as Romans 8.28 tells us. I think a couple of scriptures, if we can go over that, would be, let's see here. How about um, Matthew 19, 26? Remember that with um, that things with man are might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Ephesians 1, 18, 19 tells us, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might? There's such a, there's a richness of inheritance that we have. And it's, it, those, those are some of the blessings I think that hope points us to. It points us to who God is, hope, love, all those things. It points us there. That's, that's the God that we serve. Finally, um, you know, hope is a gift from God. So in Romans 5, 2, he tells us, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's a gift that he gives us and we want to accept whatever gift God has for us. And again, um, you know, when we have hope, it puts things in the right order, that our eyes are on him, not on ourselves. We are surrendered to God. We are in submission to him. Our mind is set upon things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. In Colossians 3.2 that it tells us, in Lamentations 3.24, it tells us, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to know what it feels like that the Lord is your portion. It's, a, it's amazing. It's a wonderful thing. Do you think that you can have hope, Susan, without faith? Um, no, I don't think that you can have um, hope without faith. I think that even if you were to have faith in like things that we don't believe in, like other gods or like kismet things, uh, the universe, karma, all of those things, they still require, or even yourself and like your own abilities like you have to have faith in those things but those things are temp temporary hope and i don't think even then you can have the faith in those things without the hope martin luther king stated that um faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase mm. hope requires faith that there will be better days ahead hebrews 11 1 says faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so not seeing things requires a step of faith that's how we all become believers and in essence, like we have an everlasting hope in Jesus. I don't believe that you can have hope without faith. But what do you think, Kat? Well, one thing that you mentioned that um, I think we should mention about why it's so helpful and, and important to have hope is something that you mentioned. It's not based upon what we do. So that pressure is off, right? So I love that you mentioned that. Not It's not based on ourselves. Um, that pressure is off. Now, can you have hope without faith? Well, I would say yes, but I wouldn't say it's a real hope. So I think that there's a worldly hope again. And I think that it doesn't take faith to have worldly hope. Like you said, I think it's based upon luck, 
karma, the universe, whatever we do, whatever someone else does, superstition, all those things, other gods maybe. But those are, those are things that we don't necessarily believe in or we believe in a different capacity, like when it comes to karma or things like that. We believe that it, it rains on the believer and the non-believer and it, it shines on the believer and non-believer. So sometimes good things work out and sometimes they don't. And that doesn't mean that because of that superstitious thing that you did, it caused it, you know. So I don't really believe that it's the right kind of hope of a godly hope that has promises built into it because we don't believe in all those other things to provide those promises, right? So I think that a godly hope is one that you have to have faith in Christ to have. Like in Jeremiah 14, 22, it tells us, are there any among the false gods of the nations that can bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord, our God? We set our hope on you, for you do all these things. It's our God that does that. And I love something that, that R.C. Sproul mentions uh, based off of, it's, it's kind of his commentary in his Ligonier and his ministries off of uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith, I think you just read that one, right? Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Um, he, he has a, a couple of wonderful statements. For the time being, only faith, as it receives the promises of God, can see the future. And faith makes real in the present of the, vindic- the vindication that we already enjoy in Christ, but which the world will not see until Judgment Day. So I guess that's kind of a, a yes and no there. Um, but godly hope, yes, I, I believe that you need faith in Christ to have that godly hope that is based upon God's promises. So in regards to hope and wishful thinking, are they the same? Are they different? Semantics? I think there are some slight differences Wishful thinking in its essence and the definition is the formation or beliefs based on um, what might be pleasing to imagine rather than on evidence or rationality. Or oh my reality. gosh, that was a lot. That and was that a was lot for the definition of wishful thinking. Uh, yes. And so you can <laughs> thinking wishfully in a wishful way. think that you aren't having a heart attack, but the reality is that is that you're dead. Um, it's, not wow. ba- <laughs> it's not based <laughs> on reality. Hope. So I feel like hope is based on knowing the facts and reality, but still operating in faith. Like Abraham knowing his wife and him were old and the likelihood of them conceiving was very low. Um, Sarah even laughed at the angel because, you know, she was living in the reality of her circumstances, her old womb, um, her husband's... I wonder if that was like one of those laughter cries, you know, when you do it at the same time. Non-organ functioning. (laughs) Um, But... Um, you know, so no, in Genesis 8, 12, it says that therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I am waxed and old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? So in that she knew the, the, her circumstances and the reality of those circumstances. I mean, the brute reality of those circumstances. <laughs> those, are, those are some circumstances. <laughs> and yet he, be, you know, and yet her, you know, her husband became the father of many nations and her womb was at. And so in that, like, sometimes, you know, the reality of these circumstances and, and yes, yes. so the difference is, is that wishful thinking isn't always based on reality, but hope you can have all of the circumstances like that your womb is like barren or whatever, <laughs> and you can still have that, that faith that you're operating within that hope. Kat, what do you think? Wishful well, thinking. Um, just to clarify, so it's Genesis eighteen twelve. I think you were talking about, 18, right? 12. So eighteen twelve. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a womb joke with the word womb, but I think I'll move forward. <laughs> I think we've had enough of my puns. She over loves here. being punny. Wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. <laughs> so, um, do I think that there's a difference between hope and wishful thinking? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think hope is based upon the Lord and His promises. Wishful thinking really is independent upon the Lord, independent of the Lord. 
I think is what I meant. So um, I just like to add different words in there. Make sure you guys are listening. Hopefully you guys are listening. Um, so wishful thinking is really is independent upon the Lord. So um, something I kind of wanted to um, jump into is discussing how the maybe the question that comes up for some of you like, yeah, 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 that hope stuff. That's nice kind of fluffy and it's a wonderful thing. So we are definitely not minimizing it. It's an absolutely wonderful thing. But there's some of us that are a little bit cynical and have been discouraged or are discouraged because, and so the question that we might have is, you know, how can one have hope when when they've already been let down multiple times in life or when we live in a world where so many things are wrong or when there's so much hopelessness going on, how in the world can somebody have hope? Um, And we really want to, we really want to speak to you. So I would tell you a couple things. I would say, one, you may have the wrong idea about how the world works in general. When you are expecting life to be easy and not have challenges or any trials, life is going to be a little bit harder for you and you're going to be disappointed a lot. Kind of like the parent who thinks, man, parenthood is going to be fulfilling and fun and smiley faces and they are just going to make me, oh my goodness, you are going to have some trouble. Even with that little baby, right? Like, you know, sometimes we think, oh man, I'm just going to bond with this child right away. It's going to be this wonderful thing. I saw this other person over there and they had this wonderful thing. And then, man, that child wakes you up every hour. You know, sometimes it's a, you might start getting depressed because your expectations were a little bit off. You weren't sure exactly um, what reality would look like for you. So if I pull it back, what I would say is, you know, um, you want to expect that there's going to be trials and tribulations in life. In fact, John 16, tells us in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, right? Second, I think that having trials and disappointments and pain and trauma and all those things that happen, and they happen for everyone, one way or another on different intensity levels in different ways, but they happen for everybody uh, because we live in a sinful world. But that is not evidence that there is no God or that God is not strong enough or that there is um, therefore no hope, but rather just that there is evil in the world and that the devil is real. But as believers, we believe that God has already won, that he is mightier than the devil and our hope is in him not the devil, not ourselves. I would also say that as believers, we believe that enduring trials builds our character, that it, um, it makes us more like Christ-like if we, if we do it in the right way, um, that can lead to hope. I would say that um, we believe that we serve a God that is worthy of praise, no matter what, that his way is higher than our thinking, even if we don't understand, and that we worship him anyway. Two more things, maybe two or three more things, that we believe that God has not forgotten you, specifically, he knows you, he knows how you feel, he cares for you, he deemed that you would have purpose and worth just because he created you. That's how much he cared about you. So in Luke 12, 6, 7, he tells us, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are unnumbered. Fear not, for you are more value of more value than many sparrows. Um, lastly, nothing can separate you from the Lord once you are with him. And lastly, so important, you don't want your well-being to be dependent upon another person, thing, or situation. You want your well-being to be independent of that. You want to be okay regardless of, of anybody else or anything that's going on. That's true freedom. That's what we want to, to encourage you is to move towards Christ to seek that freedom. Susan, what would you tell those people that life just hits them hard? They just aren't sure about hope. What would you tell them? I would tell them that, um, you know, it's easier to have hope when you see things as a learning experience um, versus a, like a failure. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we first come into relationships, we learn what we want in a relationship by learning what we don't want with foods and styles and our 
and our senses, all of those things evolve with time. We learn what we like and what we and foods we don't like. And so in that, like learning to be hopeful is like sometimes it's like don't judge it as a failure, judge it as a learning experience and what God is doing to sharpen you for heaven. And that might be a better way to look at it and the lens might turn for you. The likelihood of you being let down is is pretty high because we are all a dichotomy of good and bad. Like you, me, um, everybody else that's listening to us, you know, we all know this, that bad people are capable of good and good people are capable of bad. And so in that no relationship is perfect, you will most likely be let down and it's a realistic thing. And that's okay. It just has to be a learning experience. Just like I tell some of my clients, all of your ex-wives, they can't tell the same lie. You know, you have to learn. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> you have to learn from those experiences. And I also tell my clients, you know, you're no worse off than where you started. If you try the tools and they don't work, you're still in the same spot you started with to begin with. You might as well try. All of those things I think are important. You can only go up is what you're saying, Especially right? when we deal with like people letting us down. Cat. I also wanted to get your feedback. So how do I get myself to a place of hope, both biblically and clinically in my flesh? How do I get myself to a place where I'm hopeful? Well, I think if you don't know Christ yet, I would encourage you to get to know him. That is straight off the bat, right there. Become born again. In 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, if we just pick a couple of verses out of there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So I think that is, is so important because on verse 8 there, it tells us, though you have not seen him, you love him, though you do not see him now, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejo- rejoice with him with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. First, if you're with Christ, he can sustain you. The Holy Spirit is who fills you with this hope. In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What do you need to do to be closer to the Holy Spirit? Well, you need to accept Christ, obviously, but you need to do things that bring you closer to the Holy Spirit, like prayer, communion, reading God's word, repenting from sin, living out God's word, fellowship, going to church, listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. We don't want the Holy Spirit grieving over here. We don't want him to stop talking to you. So you want to do those things. Um, of course, put on your armor. You need to do all of those things. Um, set your mind on, on things above, you know, as, as Philippians 4, 8 tells us. Clinically as well. Are we going over that too? Yes. Okay. Um, I think one of the really important things is you need to build your core. You need to know who you are and you need to know who you are. You need to have your emotional well-being not be dependent upon other people, things or situations. And that's going to take work for many people. So know who you are. Know who God says you are. If you don't know who you are, you need to find out. What do you want out of life? What are your goals? We need to get you stimulated and dedicated, learning something new, doing some things finding passions, things like that, building resiliency. Um, I love, to piggyback off of, of, of what you were saying, I love what you were saying, you need to reframe and refocus. Change your focus on what, from what is going wrong to seeing, okay, what could be some purpose in this? What can I learn? What is, how can my character develop? I think for some of us, man, we need to change our support group. 
we need to change the people that we are around because um, usually if you're feeling hopeless, you're either not around somebody or feeling around other people who are negative, who are depressed themselves. You need to, you need to spruce it up a little bit. You need to make some changes. You need to add some people in there that have hope. Seek a mentor, an accountability partner, a support group, an intimate Bible study of people that will get to know you, a women's group, a men's group, something. You need to have relationships with people who will speak into you and that have joy in their life. And if it's not a person, maybe you need an animal. Animals have been found to be so helpful for people. You know, you, you want something. You need that connection. We need connection that helps out so much. And again, if you're not a people person, that is okay. You can be an animal person. That's fine. There's a lot of people who are that way. Lastly, I think you need to break some habits here. Um, you need to make some new ones. So if you're always dressing in black and it's not just because you want to look five pounds lighter or because you were in the professional black, you need to change it up. You need to bring some color and you need to do something different. If whatever you're doing now is not working, you need to do something different. What do you think, my dear? Biblically, because like, again, my, my brain works very differently than hers. So I'll go over the biblical points and then the clinical points. Biblically, I feel like you need to read here and implement the word of um, and instill hope in yourself. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Um, James one twenty three. for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror and then he forgets. Faith, like also like therapy, if you hear it or therapy, like when we hear it and it just becomes a regurgitation place, but you don't live out the lifestyle, it's going to be like a man in the mirror. You forget what you look like. And so in that, you have to be able to walk out those things. Just like you walk out therapy, you have to walk out faith. I do not want to look like a man in the mirror. So whatever you can do to help me <laughs> not look like I a man in the mirror. I hope you don't look like a man in the mirror. Although when you age, you sort of start looking like a man oh, in the mirror. <laughs> Wait. Um, the next one is like, um, hold on to his promises because it, it instills hope in us. Um, Hebrews 10, 23 we must hold on to God's promises that we have said we believed and we must never let go. He has promised and he will do it. So in that, hold on to his promises to instill hope in yourself. And last, fight for faith and our lives. And people are always like, is it that serious? Yes, it's that serious yes. for your life and your spot in heaven. 4.8 of adults ages 18 and older in the U.S. had serious thoughts about suicide in 2019. Yeah. Among adults across all age groups, the prevalence of serious suicidal thoughts was the highest among young adults 18 to 25. This was from the National Institute of Mental Health. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., claiming over 48,000 people. That's the National Institute of Mental Health again. And the Bible tells us, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And the Bible says that we have to violently take our spot in heaven as well. Revelation 3.11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So in that, you have to fight for faith and for your life. In, in essence, like all those, you know, negative self-talk that comes into you, like that the world would be a better place without you, all those other things, you have to fight for your life and fight for hope. Take those thoughts captive. That's right. Clinically, you need to utilize, um, you know, I like to utilize a lot of quotes in my office. At work, I have quotes about um, optimism and hope and surround yourself with, you know, like they tell you like right now that we're all teleworking, um, surround yourself like that. It makes you a productive work environment. So in that, surround yourself with things that, you know, are positive, whether it's proverbs on your wall or on the desk calendar or whatever that is. Or a podcast. Sur 
yeah <laughs> surround yourself with those things so and again talk to yourself kindly and compassionately like you like you would a friend also clinically i always i know this is a little spin but i i like to tell people to allow themselves a day of depression and wallowing and go through the motions because you know as sometimes we want to have a pity party for for ourselves and i want you to designate that time but only a day of depression i like to say fake it till you make it because well, I how do you decorate t- for that party <laughs> <laughs> what that cake look like? Fake <laughs> um, it till you make it because the irony of depression is that um, you wait for the motivation to do something, but it never comes because one of the symptoms of depression is anhedonia, a lack of desire or pleasure in doing anything. If the irony is that you need to, th- to go through the motions of being well until you're well, I like to use a lot of the um, opposite action. I have my, sc- my group um, do the half smile exercise because, it, you know, when you smile, it sends things in your brain. And so in that, even if you look like Jack Nicholson, it'll help you look even better. <laughs> great. <laughs> it'll help you. Which like, year? It'll bring which a year smile. and which movie? Yeah, it'll bring a smile to your face. Like, and so in that, also a lot of opposite action work. If you feel like staying in bed, you get up and get dressed. All of those things are super helpful. Volunteering yes, is always super, super good. I mean, it always instills hope in me to see people doing well when they're doing work with the homeless or, you know, illiteracy, literacy programs, all of these things. Yeah. It, it renews your hope in mankind. And like, and even if purpose. you, yes, right. it gives you purpose. And like, even like Kat, she greets at the church, like, it, you know, all of those things instill hope in you. I think those things are always super important. And we are about to wrap up because, you know, a cat and I can talk your ears <laughs> off every... Now, I am still stuck on the idea of what kind of piñata you would have for a pity party. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an Eeyore piñata. What do you think? <laughs> Hello, poo. <laughs> you know, lastly, I think one thing that we forgot that is so important is please seek treatment. Please. If you are feeling hopeless, um, if you need help with these elements, this is what we do. This yes. is what we do. So you need to seek treatment, please. You do not have to walk this alone. There are people who you will be surprised that even though this is something they do for a career, they actually care about you getting better. So yes. seek that. And, and seek godly counsel. We're therapists, so yes. you need to have rapport with that person because our whole premise is that you need to be a safe place and you need to trust your therapist. So if it's important for you, just make sure you find the right person because Obviously, there are people that can lead you astray because people, you know, tell us all about like, you know, previous like therapists and all of these negative things. Mm. But you need to find the person that fits right with your faith base and fits right with you as well. And so that's going to give you godly counsel. The Bible says that in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. And so in that, just remember to seek godly counsel as well. So Kat, what are some of the takeaways? Tell me like what in all of this hope conversation, what... What do we get from it? Like, what is your takeaway? What I hope that you yes. get. I'm going to repeat that again. What I hope you get <laughs> is that um, when your hope is based upon Christ, it endures. God will sustain you. Even when you can't sustain yourself, even when somebody else can sustain you, even when the, the supposedly perfect spouse that has been perfect up until now, even when that person can't sustain you or your children, we know they're not going to sustain you or friends, you know, um, God can. So when you rely on God, not yourself, not other people. 
God can sustain you. Okay. So in Jeremiah 29, 13, and he, uh, God tells us that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And we also know that in Isaiah 41, 10, he will, that he tells us, I will strengthen you. I will hold, help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Susan, what's your takeaway for these people? That sometimes even against all odds, you need to have hope. The Bible says in Romans 4.18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so that shall thy seed be. And despite sometimes, like, like I said, like all of those circumstances that look to be against you, sometimes even in that, you have to try it again, um, get back on the horse again, whatever idiom you want to use. But in that, like, you know. Ho- What'd you call me? <laughs> hope against hope so um cat can you take us away in prayer absolutely dear lord jesus thank you so much for this time that we have together thank you so much lord jesus that you are so good um that we could um fellowship around your name, Lord Jesus, that you are so good that we could call upon you. And Lord Jesus, you are in our heart. We just thank you that um, that you love us. We ask that you would take us through this week, um, through this month, that we would be um, well in your sight, that you'd help us to be physically, spiritually, mentally well. We praise your holy name. Um, Lord Jesus, help us in that, that tiny spot that we don't show anybody else, that only that you know, Lord Jesus, we ask you to heal us, to meet us um, exactly where you are, we are, and that um, we would find you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. You take care. We'll see you next time. Or hear you next time. Bye. Or speak to you next time. (laughs) Bye.